98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Straight up to the claw on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. We are live. From the Auction Community Studios, my name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bernsey, what's going on? I thought of you today. Oh, did you really? I, nice. I thought of you today. It's nice when people think about you. Yeah, well, I thought of you because I thought of something that you love to complain about. It gives you great joy. Did you what? see that little stat that I tagged you on on the Twitter? No, no. The no, heat? No. Because no. I'll be complaining about the heat for the next five months. From our uh, friends over at StatMuse and their Twitter account, at yeah, StatMuse. Yeah, I like I like that little. That's a good little Twitter account, yeah. right? Yeah, there's a lot of good little nuggets in there. Lakers this season, nationally televised games, forty-two wins, thirty-one. Even if they win all their remaining games, they will still have more nationally televised games than wins this year. Oh, I thought you were saying that they won 31 of their nationally televised games. No, no, that they've been no, on they national got- TV forty-two times and they've only won thirty-one games. I would love to know what their record is in nationally televised games. And I know you don't like I got I got I got two guys here at my disposal. I got Mitch to the left of me, I got Eric to the right of me. Surely between the two of them, one of them just, can I mean, give me that give number. Give me give me a guess. Give me a guess. Forty two games. Forty two nationally televised games. I'm gonna guess they've won fourteen. I was gonna say twelve. Okay, I got 14 and 28. Is it 42 games? Yeah, I got 12 and 30. I'm going to go 14 and 28. (laughs) Well, okay, hold on. I think that counts also games they still have coming up. The 42 nationally televised. So it will be 42. I have no idea. But still, I thought of you. I saw it. Speaking of nationally televised, it wasn't exactly the best Suns game on national hey, TV. A win's last a win, night, my we'll, friend. We'll take it as we weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Clay Thompson throws up the heave. It's no good. And the Suns win. 107 103, the final here at Chase Center. They tie the franchise record with win number 62 on the season, equaling the total of the 1993 squad and the 2005 squad with still six games left to play in the regular season. They improved to 62 and 14. Ringo, Ringo Starr didn't have that many good songs as a solo act, right? I mean, <laughs> McCartney was great, and George Harrison was was great, uh-huh. um, and 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 Lennon was great, but but Ringo Ringo was not that great, right? I mean, George helped him out a little bit to get some good songs, but I'm watching that game, and the only thing I can think of is it it don't come easy, <laughs> you know, it don't come easy. Yeah, I mean, I just kept thinking of Ringo, the Ringo Starr song, because I think of songs you think of movies. That's how our brains work. But uh, like, that's what I kept. It don't come easy. That was not an easy game for the Phoenix Suns. They played terribly, but in the end, they won. I don't know what the hell Jordan Poole was thinking about with five seconds left. You even up as now. You know, I mean, double teamed. Book started to reach out. 
maybe he felt like I'm going to draw this foul exactly and I'm going to take these three. Is that what he said? That's a, he didn't say that, but I, I think it's pretty obvious. That's exactly, at least to me, that that's what happened. Uh, Kellen Olson, when he was writing about the game on Arizona Sports, he actually called it Devin Booker's best play of the game. And we'll get into Booker a little bit later because he was really, really bad last night. But Devin Booker's best play of the game pulled his hands back. was making Jordan Poole think that I'm going to foul you before you can get a shot off. And then at the last second, pulling his Boom. hands back and making Jordan Poole take that half-court shot. That And I agree with Kellen. That might have been Devin Booker's best play of the entire he's a, game. He's a great free-throw shooter. Yeah, he, he actually missed a free-throw earlier, like, and he just doesn't miss free throws, but when it was uh, 98-96, he goes to the free throw line, he misses one. I think he's second in the NBA in free throws. I'd have to double check that, but I think they said that on the on the Valley broadcast that I was watching. But a tough game. And 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 uh, Clay Thompson with a bad foul on Devin Booker? You're up. You're up. That's a bad foul. 101-100, you're up. Get a stop there, and then you win that basketball game. But he fouls Book, who's a great free-throw shooter. Book hits two free-throws with 34 seconds left, and then the Sun just played. Okay, we'll foul. And then Draymond travels up in the air. Had the miscommunication with Otto Porter. He thought yep. Otto Porter was going to cut to the hoop, but he didn't. Jumps up in the air, comes down. That was a big a big miscue by Draymond Green in, in Golden State. Paul hits a runner, yep. and then the Suns kind of play the free throw game with a few seconds left, and they end up winning that game. Not an easy game for the Phoenix Suns, but they tie the franchise record for most wins. Congratulations to them. And, uh, boy, what's the winning streak at now? Is it nine? Nine. Is it nine, 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 nine game streak. winning streak yeah. for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, here's CP3 talking about that franchise win record. I mean, it's great. It's all going well. Um, Obviously, I'd like to get a championship to go along with that, but that doesn't diminish anything that we've done. You know, seasons are hard. It's a long season, ups and downs of a season. So, uh, you know, it's it's dope to be a part of that with this franchise and have an opportunity to have the most wins this franchise ever had. i got to give it up to that dude right there because uh, not that he needs any more platitudes thrown his way. He's had plenty. But I'll tell you right now, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the box score. I watched the game last night. Chris Paul had 15 points. And I dig a little deeper. Chris Paul had eight points in the fourth quarter. Then I dig a little deeper than that. Chris Paul had eight points in the last three and a half minutes of that basketball wow. game. Thank you, point God, thank you. Yeah. Because without him, they're not winning that game last night. He bailed their butts out in the last three and a half minutes of that game with floater after runner after midi. I mean, those three shots and those eight points he had in the final three and a half minutes without those, they ain't winning that game. He totally carried them when he had to. Yeah, hit the big runner to put him back up, to put him up 90. Now, I thought, I don't know about you, in the beginning of that game, I thought the Phoenix Suns were going to run away with this I thing. Too. I mean, it was 12-2. to two. Warriors take a timeout. Mikael Bridges is hitting every shot. And I'm thinking, ooh, man, they're about to run this Golden State team out of the building. 12-2, and Steve Kerr's like, timeout, timeout, timeout. Yeah. And then Poole gets hot, and he starts knocking down these shots and knocking down these shots and knocking down these shots. And, and then you get to halftime, and you look at Booker's numbers at halftime, you're like, yeah, looks like playing very well right now. I mean, he was just really, I think it was 2 for 10 from the field at halftime. The Suns were up despite shooting terribly and Book not playing well. And then eventually you know, you, had the, you get to that fourth quarter and then it was just back and forth. The lead changes, the ties. It was just all the way through right down to the final 30 seconds. But it was another clutch time win and, and you know, the, the, the beat goes on for the Suns when it comes to these clutch time numbers that they've got. Their winning percentage in the clutch is 842. They are are I, I think I read today seventeen and one in clutch games on the road this year, which would be the best number in like twenty five years for what the Suns have been able to do. And you're right, man. Whether it was Devin Booker, you know who else who had a 
deceivingly kind of like Devin Booker was the leading scorer for the Suns last night, tied for it anyway with 22 points. DeAndre Ayton, 16 points, 16 rebounds, and I thought he played like garbage last night. <laughs> I thought he played terrible. He, he couldn't was, catch a cold. They were slapping at everything. Every, he, everything. His hands were like two stones last night. He couldn't wrap his hands around anything okay, last I, night. I, I listen, I very rarely complain about officials. I thought he got hacked 75 times. Oh, I did last too. Night. I did and too. And he didn't want to call anything but, but on it Golden was, State. It was in his head, and, and every time, it just seemed like every time the ball came down to him, I just saw it dribbling somewhere else. I saw it bouncing somewhere else away from him. Some of those were fouls, some of those weren't. But I, I, I think if he, if DeAndre Ayton plays a normal DeAndre Ayton game, Suns win by 15. If Devin Booker plays a normal Devin Booker game, Suns win by 15. The fact that none of that happened. And they still won on the road against what was very obviously a motivated Golden State game, right? That team, you could tell, they were very invested into trying to win that game last night. Couldn't you? Yes. You, you just see it. The crowd, the body language of Draymond, all of that. They were very, very invested in the outcome of that game. They wanted to send some kind of a message last night in the Suns. Withstood all that to their credit. Good for them. Yeah, it was a good win. The clutch, you know, that clutch game was at seven to one down the stretch. I think it was because they were losing, and I think they outscored them seven to two. Seven, seven to two. Seven to two. Spurt at the end of the game, they figure out a way to come away with a victory. And you know, Golden State. I think what did they drop? Did what did, did that loss drop them in the standings? Right. Yeah, they're fourth now. So fourth. Golden they're State's fourth. fourth now. Wow. You could see them in the second round. You could see them in the second round. And we're going to talk about that coming up in just a minute. Like I'll just tell, I'll just tell everybody right now. That's what we're talking about really? next on the Burns and Gambo show. The the bump Golden State might get from that game and the fact that they could play the Suns in the second round of the playoffs. I think I'd rather have them in a second round than a third round. I would too. Uh, okay. too. And you know what? We'll explain why in a moment. This is your last shot to participate in the madness. Text the word BUCKS to 620-620 and then choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. Text the word BUCKS to 620-620. The Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks is presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. We know what this win meant for the Suns. What did the loss mean for Golden State? That's next. Burns and Gambo. 7FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Now Jay Crowder knocks the ball away from Looney. It's loose, taken by Poole. He's open for three straight away. And he got it. Oh, my. I'm going to read you this quote from this article that was in The Athletic today. Gambo and I both emailed it to each other, so obviously it's something we both want to talk about. It really caught our attention. Um, quote, Six days after losing to the worst team in basketball, the same Warriors pushed the best team to the brink. They did it with competitive fervor. They did it with defense. They did it with Steph Curry on the sideline wearing a protective boot over his sprained left foot. They did it with Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins combining to shoot 11 for 37 for a total of 31 points. Wednesday's loss give credence to the Warriors' primary reason for optimism, that they can flip the switch. When the playoffs start, they'll be set up to have four guys with three rings who have shown up too many times to overlook. If Curry, Green, Thompson, and Iguodala are healthy, they'll make sure the Warriors are a tough yeah. out. Close, close. Listen, that is not a Warrior team that we've seen lately. I mean, LA, you know, last night, that was the best that they've played in, in many, many weeks. That's the best that they played. They returned to being a good team. Now, remember... 
at one point when they were, you know, 41 and 13 or whatever it was. I mean, they were far and ahead, the number one defensive team in the NBA. They're a sound team. They've got a lot of depth. They've got a great defensive philosophy. All of their players are very defensive minded players. They put a lot of pressure on you. So what you saw last night, I think should be a little bit of a warning to the mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not going to, you know, just glance over this. That, that, that performance by Golden State should give us all a little bit of pause. Okay. All right. It may not be as easy as we thought it would be. Uh huh. It may not be as easy as we thought it would be. If that team plays defense the way they played last night, they can give teams a lot of fits. A lot of fits. Now, if they get healthy and Curry comes back, well, that's a whole nother story. Now, Clay Thompson didn't play well last night. He, nope. didn't, he didn't hit any shots. And they shots. still almost won. But their defense was great. Their defense was great throughout that game. I mean, they, you know, they, they have a great philosophy on how to play. They're very deep with all their players. It's a defensive minded system. Boy, they got after him, man. The pressure they put on Chris Paul, the pressure they put on Devin Booker throughout that game, the traps, the double teams, forcing those guys to play poorly. I mean, that's, look, they know what they, they know what the, uh, ingredients are to win a basketball game against a team like Phoenix. Yeah. And, and something that we referenced in the segment prior, they, they, they played that game differently than they played the game six days ago. They played that game differently than they've played for the last 22 games. They played that game as if for them it was like a playoff game. And I know it's not, and I know, but it was, it was really obvious from Draymond Green and his primping and his preening and his getting on with Jay Crowder and, and the way the crowd reacted, the way the bench reacted when the Warriors called a timeout after they took like, what, a seven point lead about halfway through the third quarter, right? They invested a lot of their soul into that game last night. Credit to the Suns for withstanding that and winning the basketball game. But you're absolutely right. It, it, it does serve as a little bit of a notice. This idea that the Suns have this historically great record and this historically great team and teams like this just cruise to the finals and they usually yeah. win the finals. I, my number one takeaway from that game is that if you meet the Golden State Warriors either in the second round or in the well, it can't be. Well, I mean, it could be the Western Conference Finals. I'll explain that in a minute. They are not going to be an easy out. They are not. They play the Suns very tough. They've played the Suns tough in every single game they've played this year. They are not going to be an easy out for the Phoenix Suns. Beware of the Warriors. Golden State or Memphis? Who would you rather play? Memphis. I agree. Memphis. You'd rather play Memphis. You know, Memphis really, it, the playoffs become half-court basketball. That's not a half-court basketball team. They thrive on possessions. They thrive off creating turnovers and offensive rebounds. You know, Ja is not a great half-court player, right? Ja's not a great shooter. He's great in the open court. He's not great in the half-court. That's part of the reason why their record is so good when Ja Morant doesn't play. They're 19-2 and when Ja Morant doesn't play. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but he's a great open-court player. He's not a great half-court player. In the playoffs, things bogged down and and all the things that Memphis relies on in in the offensive rebounds and enforcing the turnovers that will go away a little bit when you play a lot more half court basketball. I think Golden State is more dangerous than Memphis. I think Memphis is on the rise and they're going to be really good. Uh, but I still feel like Golden State is probably with the three guys with rings. They're probably the team you don't want to play. And I'm just gonna be honest with everybody out there listening right now. I don't know if I would have answered that question the same way 24 hours ago. I don't know if 24 hours ago, I, if, if you had said, who do you fear the most, Memphis or Golden State, I don't know if I would have answered it the same way. Because in, in, our, in my mind, in my eye, I was looking at a Golden State team that, and I still kind of fundamentally believe this about them, that whenever Steph Curry comes back, and I'm assuming there's going to be very little, if no, 
ramp-up time at all for him before the playoffs start. That They're all going to have to kind of figure each other out. And not necessarily Steph is going to have to figure out Clay and Clay's going to have to figure out Draymond. They all know each other. I mean those other guys, right? The Kamingas of the world and the Wiggins of the world and the Pools of the world. They're all going to have to figure out how to kind of coexist in this world where, where they're all on the floor together at the same time. But I don't think I would have answered that question the way that I was thoroughly impressed with how hard, how effective, how smart, how emotional Golden State played last night. And the way things stand right now, with that loss, they fell to the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Okay, that matters because if they stay there, that could be your second-round matchup for the Phoenix. Yeah, you'd rather Golden State play Memphis than Golden State, right? Because if you, you go, if you go one, two, three, four, all win, okay? Suns play the Warriors. Memphis gets who's third right now? Uh, Dallas, Dallas. So Dallas moved up. I'd much rather have Dallas time. than Golden State. Oh, hell yeah. So I think what you're... If hell you, yeah. Listen, we haven't talked about this all year long because we just almost like the Suns have just been killing everybody. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to root for Golden State to take back that third spot and Dallas to be four. So that way, Golden State plays Memphis and maybe they beat the hell out of each, out of each other rather than Phoenix plays Golden State in that next round. It's just, you know, you just look at them and it's just, you know, they've got a lot of, you know, Green was flying. Flying around and, and Iguodala had a presence out there, and um, you know Gary Payton is a good defensive factor. So you just look at them, and you say, okay, I know they're not playing well, but if they get Curry back, they know how to play. They've got championship pedigree. You saw the way they played. I think that, that game last night. I think for them, that was just what the doctor ordered. Give me the good. Give me the Phoenix Suns at our place. Give me the Phoenix Suns. That'll get us back on track because we'll play harder than we have played in weeks. And they did. They played harder than they played in weeks the, last night. The distinction I've been making for the last couple of days now is, you know, I don't, I don't fear anybody in the West. I respect the hell though out of the Golden State Warriors. There, there's, I respect them. I respect them as an opponent. I like, like I respect the Clippers. I don't fear the Clippers. I respect them because of how hard they play. Man, the Golden State Warriors are going to be a tough out. And you would ask the question a couple of days ago. What team out there is capable of beating the Suns You know, more than once in a playoff series? Yeah. That team. That team we saw last night, plus Steph Curry, is capable of beating the Suns yeah, more than once in a best of seven. I don't think anybody else in the West can beat the Suns. Now, I think in the East, there's teams that are capable of it, but I don't think in the West there is anybody outside of Golden State capable of beating Phoenix. Perfect transition. Today on NBA Today on ESPN, Kendrick Perkins was asked the question, NBA Finals, the Suns or the field? I'm taking the field. And the, oh. reason, and the reason being is because why are we not saying are we taking the Bucks or the field? Last time I checked, the Bucks are the defending champions. Last time I checked, the Bucks are the ones that are, has bought back their core pieces, their big three. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's the most dominant player in the league, arguably the best player in the league. And then you have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and now they have Brooke Lopez. Look, this team hasn't been healthy the entire season, yet they still have a chance to be the best team in the East. So, still in all, as great as a team, as great of a team as the Suns are, the championship still goes through Milwaukee. So, I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's why I'm taking the field for as the team to win the championship this year. Short follow-up to that. This is a quickie. Kendrick Perkins, Western Conference Finals. Suns or the field? If I said Western Conference Finals, would you have said the Suns, or would you have still taken the field? I would have took the field. Oh, okay. You know I'm rolling with the dark side. I know side. you're rolling with the dark side. Hmm. I always burn. I always get burned when I take the when I when I give the field up and I take a team. You usually do. I'll take Kansas City and give you the field. Oh. I'll take Gonzaga and give you the field. I'll take. 
I always get burned when I give up the field. You know me, I'm always a take the field guy. I almost always take the field over one team. I, I can't I can't separate my head and my heart on this. Los one. Angeles Dodgers are the field this year in baseball. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just asking uh, you, guys, I, you know what? I would take the field. Dodgers are the field. I would take the field. That's my philosophy. I'm I'm more of a field guy. But if you say to me, God, I think that's murderer's row. I'll take the Dodgers. If you say you, we got a Bob Lutz, we got a bet. I mean, yeah. What the hell? I mean, I'll bet you on sure, that. I mean, I get the wait, wait, I get the Dodgers. You get the Dodgers, and I get all of the 29 right. baseball teams. All right, I'll bet you on it. Get the, I'll bet you on it. Get a little uh, get a little thing for me there, Mitch. Yeah. You got a little make it official. Bob Lugans, we got a bet here. All right, it's not official. It's not official until we hear that sounder. We hear that sounder official. So, are you our new bookie now? You got to be patient with me, first of all. Well, I, I, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to stall. <laughs> I, he's not good at stalling. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm you got to talk about it for a minute. Well, get, I, get I, I, ex- I expect you like, to move you as gotta, fast as I do, Mitch. Like, come on, we're moving. We're moving. Gotta be, you got to be like, well, here I would take these. Like, uh, I'll take these. You got Freddie freaking Freeman. I'll take Freddie freaking Freeman. Okay. <laughs> Triple F, F, triple F, triple F, Freddie freaking, Freddie Freeman. freaking Freeman. Say that five times fast. Good luck with that one. Rams of the field. Field. Okay. I agree with you on field in the NFL. Okay. See, now don't ask me sons of the field. I can't separate the head and the heart on that one. I, I can't. I, I get, I'm going to get emotionally locked up if you ask me that question. I won't I, ask it to you then. All right, play, thanks. Mitch will. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the mock drafts rolling in. This one does have quarterbacks taken in the first round, and it also has a bit of a surprise for the Cardinals at number 23, one that we need to talk about hypothetically. It's next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric's with us, back with us. He has today's Twitter poll question of the day with a uh, sound category as well. We're, we're upgrading the production Indeed. over here, it's like Bernsey. On, it's like on Jeopardy when they have an audio clue, right? Okay, so what do you have for us? Well, we're talking Warriors. We're talking Suns. It's the big topic today, and there's been a lot of talk about, oh, who's coming out of the West? And I thought there was an interesting perspective. Brian Scalabrini over on a local Bay Area radio, 95.7 FM, earlier today. Warriors are pulling a little rope of here. I really believe Uh-oh. that they're going to be, I think they're going to be fine in the play, like more than fine. People who watch the Warriors live believe that the Warriors are still, their ceiling is the best in the West. They're, what they are capable of doing is the best of the West. And even the great Phoenix Suns, if they play great and Warriors play great, a lot of people that I've talked to who watch them live, like I know that's not the general consensus out there, believe that the Warriors will end up still winning a championship. Uh, I'm, I'm not sorry. I don't know. I'm sure they would beat the Bucks, but they would still come out of the West. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I Following up on that. I can't even fathom the Suns not even getting to the NBA Finals. I can't either. I mean, like we said, you have to win this year. You have to win it this year. Well, here we are after that. After last night's ugly, ugly, ugly win, we're asking a lot of questions. So the one that I'm asking you guys, Mm -hmm. if there is this potential playoff matchup going down, how would the series go? Your three options are Warriors win convincingly, the Suns will still dominate, and it'll go to six or seven either way. I am sticking with the Suns dominate. I'm sticking with it, man. They're the best team in the league. They've been the best team in the league all year long. I don't. I think that they'll they'll turn it up a notch. They the Suns had nothing to play for, and Golden State had a lot to play for last night. Now the Suns have done a great job of finding a way to get motivated in games that really don't matter. Yeah. But that game really didn't matter to them. But they still won. I think the Suns will dominate. Um, I'm 
Oof, boy. I think the Suns are going to win. Dominate is really strong. But my other choice is the Suns could lose in six or seven, which is the other option. So I'm going to go with Suns are going to dominate. But I'm, I'm, that's a real, that's in pencil, not pen. I'm just telling everybody right now, that is, that is, there's not ink in permanent marker going on with that one right now. Uh, I think if we asked this question yesterday, the results would be different. 59.5% say it'll go to 6 or 7. 37.9% say Suns will dominate. And then sub 3% say Warriors win convincingly. It's the poll question. What did you owe God for? What was was, was that? No, just the the, the, the fact that they could, like, just thinking about them losing before the NBA Finals is not so, like... You're right. The war- Listen, we're, we're basing this all on how the Warriors played last night. Mm-hmm. We're basing this all on the Warriors came out and they played really hard. Oh, wow. That looked, look, the Suns are capable of a lot more than that. The Suns are capable are. of a lot more than that. And, and, and you know what? Not only are they capable of more than that, while everyone, and I'm not saying, I heard Luke make this point earlier, I'm not saying either one of these guys are anywhere near equal to Steph Curry because they're not. But don't forget, the Suns were missing a couple of real key guys last night, too. JaVale McGee. McGee and Cam Johnson. Sure. A couple of real key guys. Agree. So there's that to consider as well. Going to play a draft profile for you here, if I could, with the draft four day, four weeks, I should say, from today. David Ojabo. Edge, Michigan. This six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound edge rusher played alongside Aiden Hutchinson on Michigan's defense. Ojabo's biggest weakness: the amount of football he's played. He picked up the sport late, but every year he's shown improvement in his physical and mental execution. His upside is evident, and he's shown that he has the potential to be an impact maker on the field. He goes for the big play and uses his agility regularly. This is certainly a developmental pick, and with Ojabo tearing his. Achilles at his pro day, it might take a while to see him develop. His NFL comparison, Cliff Averill. It's a great second day pick if you can get him. If you can get him on the it's second day. It's not a great first day pick with a torn Achilles. And I'm going to go with what you've been saying all along. I need a guy that didn't come in and play right away. Right away. He just tore his Achilles I know. at his pro day. He ain't playing right away. He ain't playing right he away. He ain't playing right he away. Tore his Achilles. That's a bad injury. Torn Achilles is oh, That's a really bad injury. I, I, I would love that as a second day, right? I get a guy in the first round, and I get a guy like this in the second round. I feel like I hit the damn lottery. Um, but yeah, I mean, toward the Achilles, he suffered at the Michigan Pro Day. I, I, I mean, he's talented. There's no question about that. I just, man, I cannot, I cannot see that as a first round pick. First of all, sock it in your, sock it away in your memory. Okay. That's uh, Eric Ruby voiced the David Ojabo uh, draft profile for our game of NFL draft memory a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> Eric Ruby equals okay. David Ojabo. Okay, that's because we play this little game every year with the mock drafts and the draft profiles. We try to remember who voiced what. Number two, the reason we're talking about Ojabo, Mike Tannenbaum, the former general manager who's an NFL front office insider for ESPN, did a mock draft today. He had the Cardinals taking Ojabo at number 23. Points out that he tore the Achilles. There's a chance he falls even further than this. Arizona, he writes, should be excited to land a player with his pass rushing traits, even if it means he won't debut until the earliest, late in the 2022 season. Shannon Jones is gone. J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden are both north of 30 years old. Is Marcus Golden that old? Let's go check on that. We've seen players suffer injuries during the draft process and still go on to be high picks. And once Arizona gets Ojabo back to full strength, he would have a he would be a productive disruptor off the edge. But I had 11 sacks last year. Yeah, well, he's he's mm-hmm. and if he didn't tour his Achilles, I mean, who knows where he'd go in this draft? It certainly wouldn't be number 23 to the Cardinals. I'll tell you that right now. I just feel like, especially with how free agency is gone and how limited it's been for the Cardinals, you've got to find a dude who's going to play right away in this draft. I just, it, it, because that has not been 
since Kyler Murray, that has not been their strength in this draft. They have not picked dudes who have played right away. I think it's kind of a priority this year for him. Listen, it's unfortunately the kid's going to lose millions and millions of dollars. I mean, even if you take Zayvon Collins, Zayvon Collins last year was the number 16 pick, middle of the first round, signed a four-year contract worth $14.7 million. You fall to the middle of the second round, $14 million turns into $7 million. You're losing $7 million. So if that injury forces him into the second round because teams don't want to take him, I mean, that's a that's a nine, ten-month injury. I mean, you know, yep. figure, he can't, figure he can't play for ten months. So April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. I mean, almost all of net this first season is lost. That's why I think value in the second round would be great. But first round, man, I just agree with you. I don't know that you can take a chance in the first round on a player that there's just very, very unlikely he's going to be able to contribute and help you this year. Tannenbaum's mock, and again, not that we're expecting it to go like this. We never look at mock drafts and say, okay, this guy's predicting it, that guy's predicting it. It's more about kind of themes and trends and things like that. And what I like about Tannenbaum's mock is that he's got three quarterbacks going in the first round. Yesterday it was Bucky Brooks's mock draft on NFL.com. Right. He didn't have any quarterbacks going in the first round. In Tannenbaum's, he's got two quarterbacks going before the Cardinals make their pick at number 23. That is important because for every quarterback that goes, it pushes a talented non-quarterback down one more slot. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's you, you always expect a couple of quarterbacks to go, and you push a guy down. You push a, you know, you would hope for a big quarterback class. You don't need a quarterback if you would hope four or five quarterbacks go. You know, it just pushes you know better players to you because they those teams are not drafting those players; they're drafting the quarterbacks. We'll see how it goes. Um, I think the Cardinals are in a spot at twenty three where a lot like the top players, the top two or three players at some positions in need are probably going to be gone. So you know that's where it's going to be important for them. Listen, the top four edge rushers could be gone. The top two to three wide receivers could be gone. So you start to look at it. That's why you know you've seen in the last couple of days a defensive tackle going to Arizona, a linebacker going to Arizona. You know because I think that you look at the top players. There's going to be a rush on. There's going to be a run on those edge rushers. There's no doubt about it. They're going to be going flying off that board. And then you're going to have a bunch of three wide receivers, at least three, four wide receivers are going to be gone. So, you know, that's where you run into, okay, you take that defensive tackle from Georgia that we talked about yesterday. He might be the best, one of the best players at his position, rather than the fifth or sixth best edge rusher or the the fifth best wide receiver. That's going to be interesting to see how the Cardinals play that. And that was something else I was looking at, too, in terms of trends, the, the run on wide receivers and how many of them are gone. Again, it's just a mock. It's not expected to be totally accurate. He's got four wide receivers off the board before the Cardinals make their pick at number 23. He's got Garrett Wilson going to the Jets at four. He's got Drake London going to the Falcons at eight. He's got Olave going to the Commanders at 11. Wow, 11 for Olave? And he's got uh, Dotson from Penn State going to Green Bay at number 22. Yeah, so you're talking about the fifth wide receiver. Yep. And what, the sixth edge rusher? Yeah. Like, so that's where people are starting to pencil and say, look, I don't think the Cardinals are going to reach for a guy. You know, I think they're better off just taking the better defensive tackle or the better offensive lineman or the better, you know, guys that are that are more highly rated at their position than, than reaching for a guy just based on need. You got any thoughts on the NFL draft and what the Cardinals should do four weeks from today? Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open and available to you throughout the Burns and Gambo show. Text us at 620-620. Bobby Wagner has a new home. It's not far from his old home. And don't worry, he's in perfect position to continue to torment the Arizona Cardinals. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Burns and Gambo. Five-year, $50 million deal. It's worth up to $65 million with incentives for Bobby Wagner with the Rams. As you mentioned, he was born in Los Angeles. He started a colony high school in nearby Ontario, California. The opportunity to come home had to weigh into this, not to mention he now gets the opportunity to face his old team, the Seahawks, twice this season by staying in the NFC West. A unique negotiation here because Wagner long has served as his own agent. We'll see the exact details on the contract, but certainly this is Payne Wagner like he is a six-time first-team all-pro selection who's still got a lot of football left as he heads to L.A. That's Tom Palacero on the NFL Network talking about Bobby Wagner going to the L.A. Rams for five years. $50 million. That noise you heard was Gamble going, shh. Man, like, you know, anywhere else you don't mind, right? It's like, right. why do the Rams get such nice things? You know? <laughs> the Rams are that. The Rams are that, that, that kid down the block with rich parents that always had the nicest stuff. Yes. You know? Yes. Man, why, why did you get that motorbike? Why did you get that bicycle? Why do you have the best bat when we go? Well, how do you have that nicest bag when we go to baseball? Like, uh-huh. he's that kid, that rich kid down the block that had everything, and you like you were like, man, how come I don't get that? Because we don't have that type of money. But why does he have it? I mean, if he lives on the same block, like how can I what? What his parents rich or something? I want one of those things. No, the first kid to have the big wheel, the first kid to have the TV in his room. When I was yep. a kid, right, it was a big deal if you got a TV in your room. So it was, a, you know, the first kid to have a car, the first kid, and now why am to I have driving my parents' Datsun seven ten wagon? And it's, he's it, got a Jeep. It's not just the first kid to have a car. It yeah. was the first kid to have a nice car, a new car, a car that was bought just for them. Like everybody, not everybody, a lot of people when they were turned. 16 had a car, but they had a beater, right? They had like a hand-me-down. They had me something that's been Man, been first, driving on the road for 10 no years. No AC. No AC. Roll the windows down. Sweat your butt off on a summer day. It's the kid in the school who had like a brand new car bought yeah. for them on their 16th that's birthday. That's the Rams. I want to be. That is the Rams. The freaking Rams. Here's the thing about it. We go get OBJ. We go get Von Miller. We go, yeah, screw you guys. I'm tired of them. Tired of the Rams. I don't even, like, it's not even like I'm up that upset about Bobby Wagner. He's okay. I mean, he's a good player, but he's not a no, great he's not player. Perf- I mean, he's 31 years old. He's still good. He's, like, he's good, still good, but, but he's not great. He's not elite. What what upsets me is what you're kind of tapping into a little bit is that idea that they just spend. We, well, man, I thought you guys right. were supposed to be. You know, you're going out and getting Allen Robinson. You're going out and getting Bobby Wagner. You're going out and doing all this stuff. I thought you guys were done, right? I thought you guys were capped out. I thought you guys couldn't they're spend any done. money. And that's if you're a Cardinals fan. It's not Bobby Wagner that makes you mad. Mm. It's your division. You're sitting around not doing stuff if you're the Cardinals, yeah. and your division rival just won the Super Bowl. They're fortifying their position while you're you're getting Nick Vigil. Yeah, they're fortifying their position while you're getting Jeff yeah. Gladney. Like I mean, go back. Like, come on, man. Go back to school, and the kid's like, "Where'd you go on vacation? Went to Lake George. Where'd that? Where'd you go? France, Belgium, and Ireland. Like, okay." So basically, you it's, win. It's it's how the <laughs> it, it's how all the kids in the neighborhood feel about your kids. Then, oh man, I'm just curious. I haven't thought of it like that. Right? All the all the kids who live on the unnamed street in Awatuki, oh. the Gambo. Man, how come how come Quentin always gets to go to Italy? <laughs> I haven't thought of it like that. How, man. how come how come he gets wow. to go to Bora Bora? Oh. How come he gets to go to Turks Caicos? Right? I mean, it's it's you're the Rams. Oh. Congrats! Man, that really hit him. Like, I, he didn't know, I, know. I haven't thought about Damn. it like that. Mm. 
Okay. Uh, I'm trying to try to give my kids everything that the kid down the block had <laughs> that I didn't have. I'm trying to make them. I, I, I grew up not having anything. How does it my feel? My biggest vacation was to freaking Lake George or the Poconos. How does it feel to be the Rams, Gambo? You're the Rams. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, I guess. <laughs> That's I guess what I'm here for. Kids, yeah. To make you look at things at a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. You're I, not that bad. No, it's that bad. Is it? Well, that's me giving them what I never had. That's good. I that's, never had that's that. That's great stuff. that you're in a position to do that. Right. That's like I said, I deferred the car. I, don't be embarrassed by that. The car I drove to school when I was allowed to drive was a yellow, canary yellow Datsun 710 wagon that my father won yeah. by punishing me. I had to answer the phone. Every day I had to answer the phone for a month. WBLI is going to make me rich. And my friends would be like, dude, what are you doing? My father's trying to win a car. I'm sorry. I apologize. Next day, WBLI's going to make me rich. I'd get the belt if I didn't say WBLI's going to make me rich. Jeez. My father. So one day, one day, the it's phone the radio rings. Station. WBLI is going to make rich. Congratulations. You've just won a brand new Datsun 710 wagon. We want a freaking car. My he, father won a car. From WBIL? WBLI is going to make me rich. My father won a car. And he didn't give it to you? No, it was his. I wasn't oh. like I was like 15 years old. Oh, okay. But like a couple of years later, I drove that car to school. Yeah. But like you know, I mean, that's how we we want a car. We did it a little different with our kids. We could have afforded to buy them a decent car for their first car. We made them drive the beater. We're like, no, that's not how that's not how your mom did it. That's not how I did it. This hand me down car that that I've been driving around for five that is now yours. That, Have you guys that, sat in an Arizona drive through with a car with no AC? It had AC during I'm, the summer. I, I, I'm I'm not inhumane. <laughs> okay, I'm not I'm not I'm not some you know evil taskmaster here or anything. It had air. It worked fine. We we you know but it, but but no I've never done that I have it's yes. terrible hell on earth anyway Bobby Wagner I'm the not Rams. saying what I got my kids for cars yeah, don't I'm gonna stay out of this conversation it'll it'll just reinforce the idea that you are the L A Rams I'm gonna say a word mm-hmm. good idea can to I get keep... back to Wagner for a second uh-huh. they yeah, never but... really invent one of the things I'm looking at at times in the L A Times and they're right. Their linebackers last year, Kenny Young, Troy Rita, and a rookie, Ernest Jones, and Traven Howard. They've never really invested a linebacker. No. So that's one area that that's, you know, they, you know, they just haven't spent. They've spent on all these other areas, but McVeigh and the Rams have not really spent, you know, on inside linebackers. So you look at the inside linebackers they've had, and you're like, okay, Bobby Wagner's probably a big upgrade over the guys that they have. Uh, Bruce Arians switching gears real quick to the other big news. And of course, this happened yesterday during our show. Bruce Arians announcing his retirement with Tom Brady sitting in the front row. Bruce Arians today said, when it's time, it's time. And no, it had nothing to do with Tom. We have a great relationship. I mean, uh, all the players who are, there are a few in here, every one of them's gotten cussed out, uh, including him. So that's just part of me, you know. So uh, that, that's nothing new. But we have a great relationship. I mean, as soon as he retired, I think we text every week. Hey, where are you at? What are you doing? When are you going to play golf? Uh, when are you getting back down this way? And uh, so <laughs> people got it right. I mean, and uh, it couldn't be further from the truth. People have to write stuff, except he didn't say stuff. Yeah. Bruce Arians. Like, it's a family show, Bruce. <laughs> family show. <laughs> B.A., you know, we talked about this. This happened at the end of our show yesterday, and we had bonus burns again. We were on till 630, so we had a really good conversation at 6 o'clock about, you know, Bruce Arians and how he doesn't, you know, he wanted to, he didn't want to hand it over to Todd Bowles. Yeah. 
um, you know, with uh, with with nobody good at quarterback, he wanted to give Todd Bowles a chance because Todd Bowles was quarterback. See, his first quarterback in New York, I think, it was Geno Smith and Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he had a really bad year. He was there in New York for four years with the Jets, got got fired. Now he's getting another opportunity. He gets Tom Brady as his coach, and and listen, this is what he wanted when he was here in Arizona. Now we had talked about Harold Goodwin. It may I, have been James. Becher. I got it wrong. It wasn't Goodwin. It was yeah. Becher. I Becher thought it was, was the guy. He it wanted. was James Betcher. Um, you betcha. He wanted James Betcher to be the guy, and he would have been around the organization a lot more. So this is an opportunity for him to do what he couldn't do in Arizona. It was a frightening moment in last night's win by the Coyotes. Clayton Keller is now done for the season. What's the plan for the rest of this season and next? Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong. His weekly visit is coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.